out with, I believe that, I, I think that's fine. I think it's actually, it's a, it's a strength that there's so many churches and we should be thankful that we live in a nation where there's freedom uh, that people can gather together and worship in every type of church. And the fact that there are so many different types of churches means that there's uh, 250 almost different varieties of church that you can attend. And, and when I speak of uh, that number of churches, now these are all churches that agree that the Bible is the Word of God, that Jesus Christ died uh, uh, on the cross as payment uh, for sin, and that through faith in Jesus Christ, you can uh, gain salvation and uh, spend eternity with Him in heaven. And so we agree on so many things. But uh, there's also room for variation and uniqueness. And so you have churches that may be really tiny house churches, and then you have mega churches like uh, Valley, which I just am, I drive by their building every day. I know Jeff and Beth Jones uh, uh, personally, and I just I, I celebrate what's going there. It's just amazing. It's a testimony to the kingdom of God that uh, uh, that uh, uh, they're able to draw together a crowd. And we don't do church like them. They don't do church like us. But it's just a, another variety of churches. Liturgical churches have a good friend who's a Lutheran pastor. <clears throat> and every time he gets around me, he teases me about being charismatic. <laughs> and we just celebrate the difference. You know, he showed me his catalog of robes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like... I said, if I wore one of those, we'd be a cult. <laughs> Come on, think about it. <laughs> you know, and he gets to wear them, and he's like traditional. I'm like, well, wait a minute here. You know, I'm not even allowed to. But uh, and they had this. He and he pointed out one he thought I should have. It's red. It's like red with flames on it. Because it. Because it's for Pentecost. You only wear it on Pentecost Sunday, you know? Yeah, I know. I was like, I want that one. He's... <laughs> what do you think? Should I wear robes? <laughs> okay, I lost it there. Alright, so, the fi- so each church, therefore, not only has different methodologies or different ways of doing things like whether it's liturgical lutheran church they he's like oh i only have 10 to 15 minutes to talk and because we have to do communion that takes like most you know all this order everything's the same exactly the same every sunday and and then churches like us we're different uh and there's all types of different varieties <clears throat> there's also different uh, uh values uh, which are um aspects of the gospel or parts of the message uh, that we emphasize because uh, that's what God has created us. It's, it's a unique calling that different churches have, and it's a good thing uh, that uh, 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 we have things that we emphasize. And we sum it up in this acronym, uh, FIRE, F stands for the Father Heart Message. Uh, which we talked about intimacy uh, was what the I stands for, which is uh, getting being close to to Father, uh, being close to God, having an intimate relationship, being able to hear His voice, but also intimacy with one another. Uh, last week we talked about the restoration of our of our body, soul, and spirit, and that um, you know it's all about getting healed up. 
and getting all all parts of us healed up completely. And we just really believe that's for today. And some churches actually, you know, they may say, yeah, we believe that God can still heal, but, you know, they don't value that. They don't talk about it, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, that might be good for, for certain people. That's just not who we are. We actually talk about it. We have teams of people trained to how to pray for healing and how, and we have um, <clears throat> teams of people trained to lead uh, people through getting their hearts healed up. We believe that uh, miracles are for today. You know, that the, the Bible is not a history book about what God used to do. It's a textbook to teach us what God does. All right. You know, this is what God does. This is who God is. It's not who he was. And so everything in the Bible is for today, and, and we want to experience it. And, and then uh, the last one, extending the kingdom through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And so we're just going to talk about what that means, what it means to extend the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Um, turn with me if you have your Bibles or look up on the screen. Matthew 28, verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Let me give you the context. This is the end of Matthew and the closing verses of the book. And also the end of, of, of Christ's time bodily on the earth. He had already been born. He had already lived his life. He had already performed all the miracles. He had done all the teaching. Everything that was recorded. He was arrested, convicted, and crucified. He was died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb for three days. Arose from the dead. And had spent a number of weeks appearing all through the city to many, many people. <clears throat> The Bible says at one point he appeared to a crowd of over 500 uh, and that uh, many people saw him after his death, after his burial, resurrected. And, and then he had told his disciples to meet him at a particular place. <clears throat> and uh, in verse 17 it says, When they saw him, he showed up, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Have you ever noticed that? This was after the resurrection. Okay, let me just tell you something. If you ever think you, you need to see a miracle before you believe, this proves that you can still have doubt after seeing all the miracles that Jesus performed, after seeing Jesus die on the cross and be buried, and there He's standing there, and you're in the group of people worshiping the risen Christ physically right there, yet there were still some of the, the, the disciples, they still had doubt. <clears throat> I think this is this, the brutal honesty that we see in Scripture here is one of the things that I love about the Bible. This tells you it's not a myth. It's not a fable. It's not something that was uh, 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 created to convince someone. It actually says that some of them doubted. You know what? There's people here that doubt. You can be in a group of people worshiping, or you can be a worshiper and still have these doubts. Jesus doesn't address the doubts. It just says in the Word that some doubted. And then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, <clears throat> and this is the this is the point here. This is the known as the Great Commission. Uh, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. And then shortly after that, he, he literally rose 
and ascended into heaven uh, where He is now sitting on the right hand of God awaiting His return. <clears throat> and so this phrase, this Great Commission, was Jesus' parting words. It was like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do, disciples, followers of Me. This is your assignment. I'm leaving. And you just think, if you were leaving... Uh, say you were leaving your family, you were gonna, you're not gonna come back. And Jesus knew he wasn't gonna come back again until everybody he was talking to were long gone. It was 2000, we still, we're still waiting. You know, if you were gonna leave people that you valued very much, and you had, these are the last words, don't you think those words would be really important? You'd wanna communicate, this is it man, this is the most important thing. What he says is, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And he starts it out with, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Okay, So what we're called to do, before we look at what we're supposed to do, and the idea of what's involved in extending the kingdom of God, we have to understand that it's based on His authority. Alright? Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Alright? He holds all the cards. He has the authority in the heavenly realm, in the spiritual realm, as well as in the natural realm. He is in charge. He is an authority. And uh, it was given to Him by um, uh, the Father and is based on that authority. Uh, it can be translated influence or force or privilege. He has all the privileges. All right, it was it was given to him, but he's giving it to his disciples. Based on his authority, we are commanded to go. So it's not our authority. It's not because of what we've done, but it's because we're in relationship with Jesus Christ and the authority that he has. It can be it can be actually it can mean his freedom and his power and his right and his strength. Okay, all strength, all freedom, all privileges have been given to me. Therefore, go. So there's four verbs that define what we're supposed to do. How many know what a verb is? It's an action. What's a noun? Person, place. How? What's a? What's a preposition? Who knows? A word that shows a relationship between two knows. What's an adjective? A word that describes a noun or a pronoun. Is there a teacher in the house? <laughs> okay, now I forgot. What were we talking about? Verbs! What are verbs? Actions. Action. Everybody say action. Action. Go therefore. Alright? It means to... Go. Okay. Go! Same thing happened first service. Nobody did it. <laughs> if Nick Yaros was here, he would have jumped up and ran out. But he already did. That's why he's not here. <laughs> so, <laughs> it does mean to go. It means to traverse. It means to depart. It means to uh, uh, go on a journey, to take a journey, to make a journey, to go on a walk. Get up and move! 
basically is what it means. It, but it also means it can be um, understood both literally and figuratively. It means get in motion. Okay? Get in motion. Now you have to understand there's, it's what comes before and what comes after. What comes before is that because of the authority that we're given in Christ, we're to go. We're to go be in motion. We're to be moving literally, literally and figuratively. And what comes afterwards is where we're supposed to be going. It doesn't mean just, you know, become a full-time tourist. <laughs> All right? <laughs> you know, God says, go, okay, let's go on vacation. Come on, guy, where are we going to go? No. You know, it doesn't mean just be a bum and hop on trains or hitchhike around the world. Somebody's calling. Maybe it's God. <laughs> All right? But it doesn't mean go, right? And so what comes before is... It's out of that authority. What comes after is that we're to go make disciples. All right? We're, our motion, what we're, our life, what we've been commissioned to do is take that authority and use it to extend the kingdom. All right? And use it toward that end. doesn't mean you can't go on vacation and do all these things, but your life is supposed to be in motion, okay? In, in action unto fulfilling the Great Commission. Because of the authority that Christ has. It's a response to understanding who He is. And we're to go, what's the second verb? Make. Make disciples. One phrase. Make disciples of all the nations. And so, uh, uh, the idea here is that a, a disciple is a student or a pupil. Someone who studies. Someone who learns. It's a relational... It's, it's being in a, the relationship uh, with someone who's teaching. Okay, uh, The disciple aspect is, is um, <clears throat> more than just like taking a class. It's like coming under the instruction of another. All right. It uh, refers to the long term. Um, uh, the idea of the word is more long term. So Jesus is not saying just go out and lead people in sinner's prayer. All right. The end game, the goal is just not is not to merely tell people, you know, the the four points of salvation and get them to accept Jesus into the heart and then go to somewhere else. All right. That would be more like a very small part. I mean, that's an important part. <laughs> but discipleship is making students of Jesus. Alright? And so we're to be disciples who go make disciples. Alright? Part of our discipleship, part of being a disciple, one who follows, is to make followers. And, 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 and seeing that they're long-term plugged into a relational disciples, relational relationship with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus to learn. And this is all the nations. All and every man, woman, and child on planet earth. Uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, <clears throat> uh, a little more detail is given to this phrase. It says, Jesus said, you shall, he's speaking again to the disciples. It says, you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. How many want power? How many want power? How many want power? Yes! I want power! How many like it when the power goes out in the middle of winter? Alright. So we want power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me. 
It's the same idea. Make disciples, witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It begins locally, it extends regionally, and then internationally. Jerusalem would be like saying Kalamazoo. Uh, 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 Judea would be like saying Kalamazoo County. Samaria would like be saying uh, uh, Michigan or the United States and to the ends of the earth. But it's this, the one th- I want you to understand it's the same commission. Whether you go to Haiti or Dominican Republic, Mozambique, Tibet, or you go to Myers, uh, uh, Locust Street, you know, Western Michigan University, same commission. All right? Same authority. Same, we're going in the same direction. All right? So it's not like some people are missionaries. We're all missionaries, just different mission fields. Alright? It's a sense, a lot of people don't understand this. They think, oh, I'm gonna be a missionary someday. And they wait until they get in a foreign land and they get there and they don't know what to do because they weren't doing it at home. When we take mission trips, it's great because we just go do what we do here. We sing worship songs, we talk about Jesus, we pray for people. You know? And people, it's just fun. <laughs> it's just the church being the church. What's the third, uh, what's the third, uh, baptized? Kathy and I went to a church on Friday. <clears throat> we were invited to come up, go up to a church, a friends of ours pastor, a church in Muskegon, Sam and Emily. They're going to come down later this year. We're going to have them down here. A uh, neat couple. <clears throat> and they have, a, they have a unique church. In fact, I've never heard of a church like theirs, let alone visited a church like theirs. And uh, <clears throat> if you think we're different, you should go there. And then you'd think we were really just average we're conservative, <laughs> so they're they're a radical church. But they did baptisms, so it was really fun. They had two people get baptized, and that was a great blessing. I looked up this word baptism, and I'm very familiar with this this passage. I've studied it. I've studied baptism at length for many many years. But in this earlier this week when I did this study, I found a new thing. I'd never seen it before. I don't know how I missed it. But <clears throat> the word baptism. Some of you may know this. But, um, uh, when translators, when you're translating from one, one language to another, if you can't find an equivalent word, they often do what's called a transliteration in which they take the word in the original language and just make it an English word. Most words, not most, many words in English are actually based on words in other languages. Okay, Latin and Greek primarily, but also other languages. And this is a Greek word that they couldn't quite find a word that means... Because the word baptism, if you want to get into depth, means both to uh, submerge and fill. Okay, immerse and fill up. <clears throat> you know, and there wasn't quite a word, so they just said, well, let's just take the Greek word and use baptism. Uh, and John the Baptist is used so much that it became an English word. But it's really a Greek word. <clears throat> but I found in, in an old resource book, uh, Strong's Concordance, uh, it referred to another word, a Middle English word, that we don't even... I didn't know this word meant to be submerged. But it's the word overwhelm. Overwhelm. Or whelmed. In the Middle English, they would just say fully whelmed. And they actually... And I looked it up in another an old, old dictionary uh, from the... Uh, uh, it would be the... Uh, early 1700s, the sentence it used was, I went to the beach and was fully whelmed by a wave. Okay? 
<laughs> so to, to baptize means to overwhelm. All right. Now we do it literally. It means literally. He's talking about being literally baptized in water. And that's why we do it by immersion here. Because the word means to submerge. But there's this other English word that I didn't even know meant submerge. And that's overwhelm. I looked it up in another dictionary. And overwhelm means to submerge, to surge over, to overcome by superior force, to overpower in thought or feeling. <laughs> okay? So I just want to write a new translation of the Bible because this baptism, if you put in the word overwhelm, that makes more sense. You know, overwhelm, we baptize. We, John the Baptist overwhelmed people in water, but one is coming great, who is greater than me who will overwhelm you with the Holy Spirit. Shabba. Okay? <clears throat> and Jesus in the Great Commission says, go make disciples and overwhelm them. With, yeah, with what? Water? What is it? Is it up there? It's not up there. What's the word say? Overwhelm them in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Well, what's what's well, so I click on another button on my computer and I get the original definition of of the Greek word that's translated name and it means the the character and the authority the character nature and the authority so our commission is to go make disciples and overwhelm them in the character and the authority of the father Overwhelm them in the character and the authority of the Son, Jesus Christ. Overwhelm them in the character and the authority of the Holy Spirit. Does that sound intense? Now, how are you going to overwhelm something if you haven't been overwhelmed? If you're standing dry as a Pringles potato chip, never pop open that can, water never comes out. Maybe a few drips of oil. Well, those chips are dry, right? If you're dry as a pretzel, how are you going to overwhelm somebody? Come on. If you ain't got no water, how are you going to get somebody wet? So what do you need? We need to be overwhelmed. Right? Why don't you lay your hands on yourself, if you're willing, or open up your hands and just go to God in prayer. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'd overwhelm us in the name and the authority and the character of the Father. That you'd overwhelm us in the authority and the character of the Son. Overwhelm us with the authority and the character of the Holy Spirit. If you're willing, repeat after me. Father, overwhelm me with your authority, with your character. Jesus, overwhelm me with your authority and your character. Holy Spirit, overwhelm me with your authority and your character. And enable me to overwhelm others in response and obedience to your word. Amen. Okay, go do it. Shabbat. <laughs> that was cool. And then, we're, then what's the next verb? Teaching. Teaching them to observe all things I commanded. Now, it's still important. The fourth verb. Huh? Good point, Kathy. Good point. A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of churches, a lot of Christians get this backwards. First, you've got to learn all this stuff. 
you know, before you can get overwhelmed. You know, actually, teaching comes first. You need to meet, be overwhelmed, and then figure it out. You know, I've been a Christian for 30 years. I mean, I'm fire for 30 years, uh, and you know, I've been a pastor for 20 years. I'm just, you know, most of it I don't understand. I'm figuring it out. You know, I just figured that out about baptism a few days ago. So there's a you can you'll never run out. All right, and so we're to teach. So that is to teach. That's the that that's the instruction, and and um, that's what we're called to do. That's a big part. It's an important part uh, uh, to teach and to learn, understand doctrine. So many Christians neglect that. They may have an experience, but if you don't follow it up with teaching and get that foundational stuff in there, then the experience can be forgotten, and so it undergirds it. it provides a framework all right let me tell you all of this is to establish if we're going out in jesus's authority it's to establish or extend his kingdom all right because he's the king you know that (laughs) all right kings aren't elected did you know that all right you have a king. His name is Jesus. And we are to extend His authority. And so, Jesus tells a story about the kingdom in Luke chapter 14, verse 15. One of those who sat at the table heard Jesus teach something. And, and He said to Jesus, Blessed is He who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. So this guy thought he'd be spiritual and say something spiritual around Jesus. Which was not a good idea. <laughs> And Jesus said, hey, let me tell you a story. So a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. So a certain person did this big feast and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make... Go, The first said to him, I've just bought a piece of ground and I have to go do an open house. No, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Ooh. (laughs) I've just bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, hey, I just bought a a brand new pickup truck. I got to go take it for a test drive. I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I asked that you have me excused. Still another said, hey, I just got married. Therefore, I cannot come. <clears throat> I mean, that's not a, that's a legitimate reason, okay? Uh, but the servant came back and reported these things to the master. And the master of the house, what was he? Was he happy? He was upset. Said to the servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Hey, if the people who I invited don't come, bring in the poor people. We're we're called to preach the gospel to the poor, the sick, the lame. This is what God, this Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom of heaven is about. And the servant did that and he came back and said, Master, it's done as you commanded and still there's room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges. And what he means by that is where the people who are not reputable, robbers and criminals hang out. Okay, anybody and compel them. Everybody say compel, compel Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my supper. So the the story about the kingdom 
is that God sent His servant, and we are His servants, right? Okay, to compel people to come in. And the response in verse 25 is interesting. It says, now a great multitude went with him. The response to Jesus' stern words about this, don't make excuses and come to the feast, was that multitudes responded. The Great Commission is about going out into the world. But the purpose of the Great Commission is to go so that we gather. All right? Compel them to come in because the Father wants the house to be filled. The point is to gather people. The fruit of the Great Commission is to have great churches. Alright, and some people miss this. Uh, a lot of people all throughout time, but especially right now, there's, there's a whole segment of Christianity that thinks church meetings are like not cool anymore. And it cracks me up. It's like for 2,000 years, God's been doing pretty much the same way. And now, like, you just change the plan? No. The Great Commission is about going and gathering. The word church itself doesn't mean believers out on their own. It literally means a gathering together for a purpose. A coming together. Alright? You can't have church unless you have Christians that come together for the purpose of worship and Bible reading and encouraging one another. That's what church means. That's what the word literally means. And so, yes, the church is not a building. It's the people. And yes, we are the church, whether we're gathered or scattered or out in the field. But the essence of church and the purpose of the Great Commission is, hey, let's gather together because God wants His house to be filled. He wants it filled here. He wants this house to be filled. We have empty seats. You know what? There's poor people, lame people, blind people, people that don't know God in this community that need to hear what, we're, what we have, need to receive. They want, there's people that want to be prayed for out there. And we're the servant to go out to compel people to come in. That's what extending the kingdom is all about. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is all about bringing together people into relationship one, with one another so that His Spirit can come and we can experience Him not only individually, but corporately. And so <clears throat> that undergirds everything that we do. The Father heart, the message of the Father heart and knowing God as a Father leads to intimacy. Okay? If you, if you see God as a Father instead of a distant, mean, angry judge and you come into close relationship with Him, that'll force intimacy and it opens up opportunity for intimacy with God and intimacy with one another. But you know what? If you get intimate with God and intimate with others, stuff's going to show up. Issues in your life that will have to be resolved. And that leads to the whole healing and restoration value. The restoring the value. Uh, restoring the heart, soul, and mind. And so we get healed up. But all of that is unto a purpose. Okay? Not just so that we can be all put in order, a light hidden, you know, but what came out in the prophetic word this morning, that we're to be a city set on a hill, a light to shine forth, so that people in the darkness can be gathered together so that they can experience the Father heart, that they can experience intimacy, that they can get healed up so that we can go out. There's so many people. There's so many people that are lost, hungry, dying, and starving spiritually as well as naturally. And we're, we're the people. We're the servant. Unless you're making excuses. Alright? How many don't want to make any more excuses? No, we just... Let me end with that. Just, 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 let's go in prayer. Father? Just say, Father? Father. 
No more excuses. Forgive me for making excuses. And help me compel everyone to come into your house so we can have a full house and a great party. In Jesus' name. Say amen. Seth has some announcements. Give Cameron a hand. That's great. Did he do okay? I would say yes. Great. Well, I want to welcome any um, guests this morning. We are uh, privileged to have you here with us. Um, if you are a first-time guest, we have a first-time guest gift, which a lot of people get excited about. Um, I wish I was a first-time guest. <laughs> um, you could take your connection card. Rip it off, take it to the connection counter in the back, and there's some people back there that would love to um, give you that gift. Also, um, people that aren't first-time guests can sign up for prayer requests on this little tear-off sheet. Also, summer's so close that there's a camping trip that we're planning for right now. It's in August, but we're planning for it right now. So, actually, the last day to sign up and to pay is, is next week. So I want to encourage you guys to sign up on the, on, uh, on the communication card, the connection card, and you can um, um, have your payment in by next week. Um, also, on the connection card, you can, I know, it's amazing, you can sign up for the Exploring Membership Meeting. So if you're interested in um, what New Day, what we believe here at New Day, you're interested about um, um, meeting some of the people, some of the leadership, you can come to that meeting. That's next, that's next week after church. There's a meal provided, but we need to know um, who is planning on coming so we can prepare the right amount of food. So if you'd also sign up here for that, that would be fantastic. All right. Um, continuing in the um, kind of along along the same lines as, uh, of the uh, the fire acronym we, we're going to be over the next four weeks starting next week we're going to be doing a series on re, uh, restoring the heart and so I encourage you guys to come uh, this is something that um, I have been impacted highly God has brought things out in my life and it has brought more freedom in my life and so I really want to encourage you to come it's going to be a really good time restoring